1: say in pittsburgh yins do you know that you did tell me that is that bet? Ba- is that great we yins. should we should oh. start using it yins but nobody else uh, any anyone outside of pittsburgh won't know dennis prager and the <laughs> julie hartman i
2: thought you forgot my name for a minute
1: oh that it could happen i know no, it no, could. No, it's painful it's painful uh has anybody yet done this 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 will be a moment in your life when someone says to you are you the julie hartman
2: I actually had someone come up to me at the Prager U gala. I was walking to the bathroom, and mm-hmm. there was a woman behind me about five steps, and I could sense that she was walking to the bathroom, so I held the door open. She goes, are you Julie Hartman? And so I
1: you're was, getting there soon? Okay. I so couldn't you not believe it. You le- I know. I love it. You let me know the first time you go, th- you get the. So I get that a lot. The I've dentist, never gotten a uh, the. You're right. No, no. You, you'll, it, it'll happen. But I get a big kick. Uh, out of it, somebody at a restaurant, the Dennis Prager, or on the phone. And I go, Yes, my first name is the Dennis <laughs> is my middle name.
2: Why do they say the? I mean, well,
1: because uh, theoretically, as well, more, uh, Julie Hartman has, has more people than Dennis Prager. There are few Dennis Prager's around. Well, so I found this them. is the, uh, you, you, <laughs> God, it's, truer words have never been said. So. This is the day after Christmas and the day after Hanukkah works out perfectly, so I have a few f- very important things on my mind, and I, I, I don't know your reaction on any of these. So it'll be very interesting. I mean, I have your general, I have a general sense, but I have specific questions. So I'll begin with a topic I raised on my radio show, and which my uh, most recent column was about because I'm. I'm actually somewhat obsessed with this problem of parents whose children so loathe the fact that the parent is a conservative and, God forbid, a Trump supporter, that they not only have opted out of their parents' lives completely, but they don't even let their parents see their grandchildren. I I, I want to tell you, I I took a vow when I first began radio that I would do everything I could not to exaggerate, of course not to lie, but even not to exaggerate. I believe that the number of homes in which this takes place is in the hundreds of thousands. For sure. I I think at least half a million homes. There is a child, an adult child, who will not speak to a parent and will not let the parents see their grandchildren. Because they're uh, they voted for Trump or because they they voted Republican, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I wrote this piece and you've got to read the comments. I always read comments, not just to my own articles in general. How many people wrote that that is the situation in my home? I can't I, I haven't seen my grandchildren in five years.
2: Is there any analogue throughout history to this?
1: Well, there may be in history I can't think of an American analog. Right. And, and, and so there are a few things I want to raise with you and, and bounce them off you. So one is my belief, and you, everybody should know, but I want to announce it for everyone, if you differ with me, it is a non-issue. And anyone differs with me. Certainly you. Okay. I am, I am certain... I may be wrong but I I am then I'm certainly wrong but but I am certain that leftism makes you a meaner human being not liberalism liberalism makes you naive but leftism makes you mean in in the vast majority of cases because
2: it makes you angry
1: so tell me what you think go ahead
2: I have found that in my observation, the people who I know who are extremely far left are mean people. And I think it comes from a hostility and anger. Because baked into leftism is outrage. And the worldview that everything is wrong and everything is terrible and working against you. The world's going to end because of climate change that people caused. The country is systemically racist. People cannot express their true identities because we succumb to a heteronormative culture. It's all, it's, it just all surrounds anger. In the world of leftism, there's nothing good. There's nothing, there's nothing worth pointing to and saying that you're proud of something. You just have to get angry all of the time. So I would agree it does make you meaner.
1: Did you see this on your college campus? Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, for sure. So
1: so amplify on that for a moment.
2: Well, I would observe that people would... I think that they use outrage at things going on in the world as a way to express a deeper anger that they have about other things in their life. So I notice when people get really upset about Trump, there's something, and I, and I can't exactly pinpoint it but it's just a a vibe that i get for lack of a better term i can tell that they're not really angry at donald trump they have a visceral uh feeling of feeling unsettled in their life and they and donald trump is the socially acceptable way to take out that anger and also i think that people on the left the the mean and angry ones that i've seen think that somehow being mean is makes them morally superior because they're mean in the name of a good cause. So they're proud of themselves when they shout down a conservative and they uh, spew vitriol at a right winger because they're doing the morally right thing to do, just as if you would curse a Nazi out on the street that would be the morally right thing to do because Nazis are reprehensible. In the eyes of a leftist, funneling that anger at conservatives is the morally righteous thing to do.
1: So I totally agree and that's the macro acting out, shutting yes. down people, et cetera. But I'm I'm thinking even micro. So I pose this question to people. Let's say you're an independent, you're not right, you're not left. Okay? Mm-hmm. Or at least that's how you define yourself. Do you think your child your adult let's say you're eighteen year old, or you're twenty five year old? Would become a kinder, finer human being if no, no. I'm going to give you oh. you know my my oars.
0: Yes, this is one of my yes. or question.
1: If your child became a a religious Jew, a religious Protestant, a religious Catholic, a religious Jew, uh, I said Jew, or a, a religious Mormon, or a uh, a religious leftist, so to speak. In other words, a, a serious uh, woke leftist. Do you believe that the first four would produce the same type of human as the fifth would?
2: The first four being the traditional conservative religion? Right. No, I don't. No,
1: I know you don't. I'd like to ask this of people who are, as I said, independent. Hmm. People, all right, we're both Their answer may depress you. Oh, really? Yes. You don't? Oh, that's fascinating. I thought it's a rhetorical question.
2: That's what we think, but... I I have assumed before that it's understood that people who are traditional or conservative or religious will be better people than those who are leftists. But I can tell you, Dennis. Besides conservatives, other people don't see it that way. Not even independents. At least in my in
1: no, my no. Life. I, I'm learning. I I I don't dispute you. I I just I find that fascinating. If, if push came to shove, for the average american parent who is apolitical let's say your your child can be one of these five in terms in terms of just honesty kindness respect for other people respect for you mm-hmm. your the parent do you think it's a toss up it's irrelevant which of the five or do you believe that the first four are likely to produce a finer human being
2: I think they would say it's a toss-up, and it depends on the person. We have an astounding amount of moral relativism in our culture now, where something as obvious as this is not is no longer
1: obvious. Wow. But but you know what? I, I I'm going to tweet that out.
2: Oh, I'm honored.
1: Oh no, I, I'm going to tweet out my question to get an answer. You should be honored, but it, well, you should. I'll tell you how you should be. Honored. I knew Sean would die. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Edit it out. Uh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. I'll tell you why you should would be die. honored. I, knew I would, would die. not have tweeted it out if you didn't raise it as a question.
2: I have to admit when you said I'm going to tweet that, I thought what did I say?
1: Oh, that, I was no, like what yes. did I say that was no, good? I wasn't clear about the that. No, I I would like to tweet the question I'm out to just to, to the get public. Rid of that.
2: No, it's a very good question. It is. If I'd your child very could to see the be thread.
1: a religious one of these four, or a, a a leftist, not liberal but left. What what would you what, what what do you think would make a finer human being, or do you think it's a toss up?
2: People don't think values matter anymore; they think circumstances matter more than values, and depending on the uh, depending on the person mentality, too.
1: So I think you've alluded to this in the past. So you. You were never a leftist, but no, thank but you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have said four years ago you were conservative or three years ago. Definitely right. not. So now that you do, do, do you think you're a better person?
2: Oh my gosh, of course. I, I did a show on, on my, um, my own show, Timeless, which by the way, it's so cute. I got an email from a listener the other day who said, Julie, I love your show, Priceless.
1: Oh, oh, listen. Isn't that
2: so great?
1: <laughs> These, this is part of the joy of being a public person.
2: Oh, my God. She made me double over laughing. Oh, you
1: know how often I have been introduced as the author of ser- happiness is a serious business? Really? Oh, uh, oh that's more, more than serious problem.
2: Wow. Yes. Wh- it, it, why do you think that is?
1: Oh, or even better, when I first began lecturing and I only had my Jewish book out, the nine questions people ask about Judaism, almost no one got it right. They got the the number wrong. They said Jews ask about Judaism. People ask, so it's just, it's just inevitable. Anyway, so go ahead. So
2: she just to say one other thing when she said the priceless thing, I wrote back to her and I said, "Oh my gosh, it's so funny. My show's called Timeless, but you made me laugh." And she wrote back and she was so embarrassed. I know, that, and I, I want her to mortified. It's I know so fu- it's but so. But we're not funny mortified. No, not at all. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to announce it on my show that I'm taping later today. Anyway. Um, I did a show in the first five episodes, I believe, where I talked about how conservatism outside of its political dimension has made me a better person. Obviously, conservatism in the main is a political point of view. And I do believe that my, the way that I vote now and my political positions make me a better person because I'm, I feel that I'm supporting America. But even just outside of politics, conservatism in religion demands something of you. It requires you to look inside yourself first instead of blaming other people for issues. And to reorient my thinking and my life that way has been profound. And also, what I love about conservatism is that it forces you to identify what it is that you want to conserve. In the case of the political dimension, we want to conserve the principles of the American founding. But I just think that's such a great endeavor in life. Or a great pursuit, I should say, to figure out what it is in your life that you want, what your values are, and then conserve them and try to abide by them. Instead of, in a leftist realm of life, you kind of just go willy-nilly and you can progress and change as you go along. I don't think that that makes you a stronger, more principled person. So that's a way of saying yes. (laughs)
1: er, So it's a very important question. Because people on the left claim, or they not beyond claim, they're certain they're better people than people on the right. If
2: you're certain you're a better person, it, this, this is sort of like that l- answer you gave of, you know, who's lying? It's the people who are suppressing the truth, or, the, or, or suppressing, suppressing speech. Speech, I should say, yes. <laughs> I love it. You know who's lying? The people who are suppressing the truth. Another <laughs> <That's> edit out, <action. laughs> That's what we
1: call a, a tautology.
2: <laughs> that's what we call a. I've been taping shows every day and I'm <laughs> an exhausted moment. <laughs> that that has to go down in Dennis and Julie history. That was so stupid. Anyway, just as you say that the people who uh, are lying are the ones who are suppressing uh, speech, I say that you should probably be skeptical of the people who think that they're really good people. I'm not necessarily saying you're a bad person if you think you're a good person, but every fine human being I know doesn't say all the time what a fine human being they are.
1: They right. criticize so themselves. Th- th- this is one of these precious moments where we might have a difference.
2: Oh, no. Here we go.
1: It's, oh, no. It's Let me get out my boxing precious. gloves. Uh, yes.
2: Are you a senior living off of your retirement savings just to get by? Is high inflation and poorly performing markets depleting your retirement accounts? What if you didn't have to struggle to pay bills, mortgage, property taxes, and insurance ever again? Contact Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian at andrewandtodd.com. Get cash by tapping into the equity in your home tax-free and eliminate your monthly mortgage payment forever with a reverse mortgage. You maintain ownership of your home and pay the loan back when you don't live there anymore. You keep your retirement money working for you. Get cash from the equity in your home, maintain ownership and the equity growth, and never pay another mortgage payment again. Go to AndrewandTodd.com, fill out the short form online, and see if a reverse mortgage is the right solution for you. Call triple eight triple eight one one seven two. That's triple eight triple eight one one seven two. Or go online to AndrewandTodd.com. That's AndrewandTodd.com.
1: My experience has been, first of all, bad people think they're good and good people think they're good. So whether you think you're good or not generally doesn't have much of an impact on whether you're good Mm. because so many bad people, so many people who've done bad think they're good. But I, I, I don't have a problem with good, I have a problem with good people not thinking they're good. I want them to. I want them to have a realistic view of themselves. I and I also want them to have some reward I
2: should for have, their goodness. I should amend my statement. It's not that in my eyes, good people think that they're bad, but it's that good people don't think that they are the best thing since sliced bread. The way that leftists do morally, leftists think that they can never err morally.
1: Well, they think. Uh, 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 this is how I would refine it. I think I'm right. They think they're right. So that's even. However, I don't think I have a right to suppress them. That's where their arrogance comes in. And they're evil.
2: Well, also, they don't think they have to improve themselves. When has a leftist ever said, I could have done that better? Or I made a mistake. My char- I have a faulty character uh, well, trait yeah, no, that, that that's I need to remedy. Yeah, the wrestling with yourself
1: that. is a conservative trait. Yes. Well, I've always said, I'm sure you've heard me say this, that big difference between religious and secular education. In, in, in religious, Christian, or Jewish education, you are taught that you are your biggest problem, mm-hmm. and in secular education, you're taught that America is your biggest problem, or society, or your parents, but something outside of you. But that's probably the single biggest problem of all, so I'm narrowing down our issue because it's an important one. Both sides think they're they're good generally, and that's okay. But they they don't they believe that they don't have to wrestle with themselves. Yes, we do. I that's kinda, a big difference. That's a very big difference. It, it when I spoke at the TPUSA a gigantic thing that Charlie Kirk put on in Phoenix just this past week so I spoke to like 8,000 mostly students and I decided to talk about personal issues how to how to be a better person so I thought first of all I didn't mention this from there but I thought and how many left-wing enterprises or conventions is a speaker get up and speak let me talk to you about how to be a finer human being
2: doesn't happen exactly they externalize everything that's right
1: a finer human being has a has a smaller carbon imprint yes okay that's how it's defined so fights racism i said to them yeah exactly which is true i fight racism i think that's important for a good person to do the problem is the racism in america is from the left right that's the problem but because they believe in black dormitories and black graduations we don't they believe in dropping standards for blacks we don't so the the this line i was very touched got an, an applause big applause when i spoke about this that we are taught to wrestle with our natures and i said something to the effect on the left they're wonderful and america stinks but my belief our belief is America's wonderful. My nature stinks. Mm-hmm. And they applauded vociferously, which is a good sign.
2: I love it in speeches. Not that I've spoken very often, but when moments like that happen, it's very affirming to you as a speaker.
1: Right. You of can't. Which well, ideas yeah, are... All right. Although I have the view of that that I have of the lights lighting up for a talk show host. You can't you have to be confident that what you have to say right. is important and not wait for applause. True. I only mentioned that because I was taken aback that something so critical of them and myself would get an applause. It was a good mm-hmm. sign. I, I, I wasn't heartened for me as I was for the for the point that I made that, that you, can you imagine saying that at, at an ACLU convention? Well, first of all, nobody who says it would be invited, but if... If somebody did, they'd be booed.
2: You know, I'm I'm thinking now about why that garnered such a reaction. And I have two stipulations. The first is that it's so refreshing to hear someone say that. And it's so antithetical to the messages that we're getting, that's not right. just in schools, but from our leaders, from the TV shows and movies that we consume. So I think that's one component. Another component that, again, I'm just kind of devising now is – it's actually kind of shocking to me that I'm even saying this because I tend to be a pessimist as opposed to an optimist. But I do think there is a part of human nature that likes, that likes this idea of that, that we are flawed and we can improve ourselves. I don't know why we're drawn to that idea but sometimes when people say that to I'm me I'm drawn to
1: the idea because it's true.
2: Well, it's true but also again I know I know I say this all the time I think that is one of the most empowering things that we Because can, we, can
1: we can change ourselves. Because we can
2: change ourselves. We can as I say when I end my show every single day we can mold ourselves like clay. You know, we can the decisions we make, the way that we think, our actions we can we can shape ourselves into the human beings that we want to be by constantly improving those things. I love that. I think that is one of the coolest messages in life. So maybe that's why it got such a reaction because people oh
1: that's interesting people
2: want to feel that hope that they. can I thought it got change. that
1: reaction because they they resonated to the point with or with the point. Oh well, yeah, with, which if true was such a credit to them and how different they are from left wing students who would find that an, an obnoxious idea. It's America that stinks, not me.
2: So what do you think about the hypothesis that I put forward a few minutes ago where I said that the reason why leftists are so angry is that they have they're ang- they're really angry at other things in their own lives and they use they take it out on Trump or on conservatives or on climate so, change. So
1: okay, so I I I have had one of my famous $64,000 questions. Does does the angry and bitter and mean is that are they more likely to be drawn to leftism, or does leftism make you bitter, angry, and mean? Mm. And my answer is both.
2: Both, for sure. Yes. Oh yeah.
1: Now look, what are you going to be bitter, angry, and mean about if you're conservative? You you, you probably have a religion which which somewhat subdues the bitter, angry, and the mean. You're you're a big believer in the the great American values. You think you live in a good country or what until very recently was the best country. Now I don't know what the best country is. I'm, I, I can't believe I'm saying this.
2: I know. God, I, I was thinking it. that the other day. Yeah,
1: it never occurred to me that I would ever say I don't know what the best country is. The damage the left has done in such a speedy amount of time, short period of time, is astonishing anyway so back to my 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 i have a few points about this in light of the season that we're in so my original one was how mean your child must be to not allow you to see your grandchildren because he or she is a leftist and you're a rightist uh so here so let me do a a, a like part 12 <laughs> or whatever part we're up to as honest and you you are honest but dig deep to be as honest as possible on this can you imagine a conservative adult child not allowing his or her parent to see the grandchildren because the parent is a leftist?
2: I'm not going to say it never happens, but, but do it's... you know
1: of any? No. Okay. No. Can, I. No. I don't know of any.
2: And I can't imagine it. Either. I can't.
1: It's it's inconceivable. It's it, exactly. It's it's it really is inconceivable. And if it did happen, every one of us would say, "What are you, an a-hole? Right. What the hell's wrong with you? Your your parents are, are leftists. Amala Amala Ekwinobi, her 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 mother is is a far leftist ad, uh, uh, activist." and she shows her such respect. Mhm. That's a perfect example. It is
2: a perfect example. No, I can't I can't imagine it with a conservative because we're values based, not politics based. The left is politics based, not value based. It's inverted. That's
1: right. That's exactly right. So I just wanted to make that clear, the amount of sh- cruelty. I mean, to not speak to your parent is cruel, to not allow them to see your grand is it's pure cruelty, and there's no there's no other word for it. And to do it based on on just on you don't agree with them on the issues.
2: Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, look, th- this is one extreme, and unfortunately, it is so common nowadays to see people truly like breaking ties with their family members permanently because of politics. But there are also gradations of that that aren't as severe. And I've even experienced in my own family, thankfully I I don't not speak to someone because of their politics or rather they don't, no, no one has cut me out because I'm conservative, but I have had relationships damaged and diminished as a result of my public work where At the dinner table, if certain relatives are in town and come over, we cannot talk about my job ever. We won't we won't even bring it up. We can certainly can't talk about the news or politics. And that again, that's not as severe as cutting the cord. But in a way, it, it, it is because your relationship is just a shadow of what it once was. And it's, it's really sad because I, I want to hear their arguments. I want to be able to talk about the big issues in life, right. even if I think but they're you, dead wrong. you
1: and I and virtually every conservative knows all their arguments because, as I always say, we read them, watch them, and right. study under them. They don't read us, they don't watch us, and they don't study under us.
2: It's crazy how few so, people at Harvard knew, like, Jordan Peterson, for instance.
1: That is a giveaway... Or- Beyond, beyond They beyond don't know their words. names. No, or, or Tom Sowell?
2: No. Oh, oh my gosh. I would bring up Tom Sowell to people and they would look at me like, who are you talking about? That's right.
1: About? Exactly. <laughs> it, it is fascinating. I, I, I would love to do a, a multiple choice on quiz. who the average Harvard student heard of.
2: You did a really great quiz. I think it was like... A year and a half ago, are you a liberal or a leftist?
1: Right. Oh, yeah. I did 32, I 32 that. questions.
2: We should redo that. You know, because we talk on this program, uh, I think, uh, last yes. time, like, do, do people know Pol Pot? We should, we should, like, draft up a quiz and try to coerce people my age into taking it. They probably wouldn't because they would know they would be exposed. But we should give it out to parents and say, you need to make sure your kid knows this by the time they're 18.
1: More... Of your f- formerly fellow students at Harvard, I believe would know the the slave woman that Thomas Jefferson yes. had kids with. Yes, than would know Paul Potts.
2: It's such an apt example. It's true. It's true. People know more about the history of slavery and and indigenous migration than they know about. Uh, Mohammad uh, Mossadegh in Iran, who was overthrown in oh well, please okay
1: that that's really getting into the abstract. How about really? Gulag? <laughs> yeah, okay. Where no, twenty to, to forty million people were slaughtered. How many Ukrainians did the Soviets starve to death deliberately? They, they wouldn't w- know that it even they, happened. They wouldn't know what you're talking about. They wouldn't
2: know what you're talking about. And frankly, I didn't know that that happened until I encountered you.
1: That's sad.
2: It is sad. So I'm not trying to wag my finger. You know, sometimes I speak about this as enthusiastically as I do because I was once that person.
1: Well, that's why it's very powerful for you to speak about this.
2: I'd like to introduce you to Monorail. America's investment app that takes you from where you are to where you want to be. Monorail is an investment and savings app that is made for patriots by patriots. It doesn't matter whether you're an Apple fan or if you prefer Android, Monorail is available in both environments and online at monorail.com. Monorail is safer for users with bank level encryption and biometrics. Your money is protected with Monorail through the Securities Investor Protection Corporation and the FDIC. No matter how you engage with Monorail, you're getting the security and safety that you need. Whether you're adding funds to your investment account, looking to buy a stock or putting money aside for future purchases. With Monorail, you can put your money where it matters and utilize the economic power that built this country. Don't go somewhere else to trade stocks monorail gives you the freedom to purchase whole or fractional shares in companies that you believe in it only takes five minutes to download the app and to set it up join the pro america money movement join monorail
1: so again i just want to summarize this point because it's so important their meanness overwhelms our meanness i mean there's no comparison and this is the proof You can't see your grandchildren because you voted for Trump. We would never do... Just for the record, because this comes as a shock to people on the left, I promise you, I loathe Joe Biden as much as you (laughs) loathe Donald Trump. And And I have better reason. Yes, Trump did not damage the country. Whatever you think of the man as an individual, which is another subject for another time how do we assess people this it's a very complex and important subject but that trump is a fascist so why was fascism not implemented for 4 years when he was in power ha, ha, what are you talking about
2: you made that point i thought it was excellent recently maybe it was on the young turks or something where you said there was no uh diminution of liberty Under Trump. Yes. But there has been a significant amount under Biden. I have used that many times in in arguments. Well, another thing is, you know, Donald Trump and his policy positions would have been completely mainstream for a conservative in the 70s. But but Joe Biden and his policies would have been outrageous for Democrats even just half a century ago.
1: To have a guy in drag uh, speak at the White House. This is so. So this is what the person on the left says. Oh, I don't want my kids to have a model in in Donald Trump, but you do want your kids to have right. a model in a drag queen?
2: I know. And also, you need to you need to figure out what your options are and what to prioritize. So, if I have Trump who is personally you know, reprehensible or loud and angry and doesn't have any manners, all of these things that are true, but he's a great president. I would rather take him as my president over someone who is, at least on the surface, mannered, but is an awful president. Because I'm voting for a president. I'm not voting for a parent. I'm not voting for a teacher or a role model. I'm voting for someone to run our country. I don't understand how people can't see that Well, I,
1: The whole time when people say, Trump is this, Trump is that, so I'm just curious. When, if you, God forbid, had serious cancer, would you choose your oncologist based on how fine a human being he was or how fine a surgeon he was?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I say I say to people a lot, I go, let me ask you a question. Would you rather have Trump teach your kids about sex ed or Biden? Would you rather have Trump preside over your court case or Biden? Would you? And I put it in different scenarios because then they can see the policy implications of these presidents as opposed to their temperament.
1: One would hope, but I, I I really, I always try to drive the point home on the most important things in your life or, or in certainly in the public's life, but even in your life, you need an oncologist. So oncologist A is good. You went to
2: one the other day. I did? Yes. Isn't that the eye doctor?
1: Oncologist is a cancer doctor.
2: Sean's laughing again. Oh God!
1: That's that's a boo boo.
2: That's a really really big boo boo. Okay, I want to die now. We're we're definitely editing that.
1: No, we're not. No, Uh, uh, no, it's priceless. No,
2: it's actually so bad. It's so bad.
1: Okay, You, you can't know everything. And thank God you didn't. You don't know what an oncologist well, is. Well, wait. I'm sorry. Great.
2: What's the eye doctor Ophthalmologist called? Ophthalmologist or you optometrist? You know what? I'm just going to shut up. I am not going <laughs> to
0: respond. Poor thing. Anytime you. I say want anything, you all to know. <laughs> I am not Julie, saying anything.
1: I'm looking at the camera. Julie is horrified right now. I'm horrified. Uh, she is. So I you just what, want is good you to know. In front. It is. In front of a thousand people. When I was the head of this institute in my late twenties, big institute. Uh, and I, I, I was reading something, and I read a word, and I said "ori," and five hundred people shout out "arai." Oh no! So I haven't <laughs> forgotten it. Do you understand? Yes. It's like this. No, it's
2: true. It's true. Uh, oh, it, whenever it, it, okay. I air, I.
1: But as you, as I, as you said, I said to myself, "It's good for you, Dennis." Okay.
2: It's good for me. Yes. You got
1: all right. So oncologist is cancer doc. So do you? You you have terrible cancer. Your loved a loved one does. You have two choices. One is a fine doctor, a fine oncologist, who uh, is known for his decency. He has never been unfaithful to his wife. The other oncologist is known as sort of a magician as an oncologist, uh, j- sort of a genius and comes to cancer, but is a pretty reprehensible guy. Uh, is known is a womanizer, even though he's married. So which one would you take? Why is it any different for my country? Especially if my country has cancer, which it does now. Stage four. That may be true. So
2: with these people who don't allow their kids to see their grandparents, I, I often wonder, when are you going to wake up and realize...
1: Oh, that's a great question. What a question. rotten decision! So you yes, made. so I wonder that too. When
2: is the guilt going to kick in? Right. Is it when your parents die?
1: It, yeah. Is or, it or when you die? Yes. Well, so I I I'm so angry at people who do this to their parents, and not all of them do. Most it's on politics, but many for other reasons, and, and which are no more valid. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you're beaten by your your parent, they're they're thugs, and they they. Okay. they they nearly drowned you. Okay, I, I, but that's very rare. Right. Okay. So, I, I think always in terms of justice, and there is no justice ultimately in this world. But I, I'd like to increase the amount. Do I wish that their children do to them what they did to their parents? Mm-hmm. I, I'm haunted by this question. I am too. And it's uh, really hard. Yes, but. Part of me hopes that their children do that to them. And and that they they die miserable for what they did to their parents. These 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 parents did nothing wrong, nothing. They only loved their child. And they get kicked in the teeth by the scum leftist that their child is. Not every child who's a leftist is scummy, but every leftist who does this is, and and, and vast numbers of them do. And I'll tell you another thing. What drives me crazy is so uh, so. Uh, I talk to them. So who, who is this? Your son or daughter? It's my son. It's it's you. It's it, I don't know if it's. I think it's more often the daughter, but it's often sons. But here's the, the the kicker that I'm pointing to is so what's with the daughter-in-law? Doesn't she want to unite her husband with her parents? No, 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 no. She's more left than he is. This is the common reaction. There was a time when you assumed that one of the roles of your son in law, daughter in law was to help their their spouse reconnect with their parents. That's a beautiful really role point. that a spouse should should play. And they do the opposite. We don't think in terms don't of roles. Don't talk to that Trump supporter. We don't think in terms of
2: roles or obligations. Or oh duties obligations anymore. is a conservative yes, word. It is. So what you just said fascinated me because it's something that I grapple with too. Do you, do you believe in karma? I know that you may wish karma upon no, those. I don't,
1: but I I, I... I do. Karma in this life or, or afterlife? Oh,
2: I believe in an afterlife, but I do no, believe... No, no, no.
1: No, karma is is, is a resurrection. In other words, it's a cycle. You you come back. Reincarnation. Karma is reincarnation.
2: I thought they were separate. I mean, no, obviously, no. I would defer to you,
1: No, but... no, no, no. So... The afterlife is not, is... Well, is,
2: karma informs your reincarnation, but, but karma and reincarnation are separate. Not. I mean karma in, in
1: the sense of... Karma is you get what you deserve.
2: Yes. I, I mean you, that in right. this lifetime. Yeah, I'm but, not, but in I don't this believe in reincarnation. Yeah.
1: Oh, you don't. Okay, fine. I believe fine. in an afterlife. But, all right. So, in, in this lifetime, there are people who have a karma-like consequence. Mm-hmm. What goes around comes around. Yes, that's true, but most people who've done really, if so, I haven't. I have an interesting thought for you on this. In this life, evil is rarely punished. Foolishness is punished.
2: God, that is true.
1: See, that's the Dennis Prager truth bomb. It's a so truth elaborate. Bomb. So, can yes. you give
2: some examples? People, people.
1: Very rarely, unless you're caught by the police and jailed and punished, m- most bad things, these people who won't let their parents see their grandchildren because mm. they voted for Trump, it's are probably not going to get punished in this lifetime. It's too evil to get punished, unless the child does it to them too, which uh, which I think I hope they do. But uh, But foolish decisions... They are punished in this life. That
2: is a really, really good point.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, that's one of those points. I came up with a lot of points earlier in life, but this one is purely the function of 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 having lived longer. Really? Yeah, because uh, uh, I, I realized, oh my God, that's what gets punished, foolishness.
2: My dad has this excellent saying. He's been t- telling it to me since I was five years old. People get themselves.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: I do. I agree with you that, I mean, there isn't nearly enough justice in this world. Or
1: Oh, it's, it's it, very depressing. It's,
2: it, it is very depressing. But I do think that there is more justice than we think there is. But you have to look for it in unconventional ways. So, you know, if I think about someone who's a me probably a leftist, a very mean person, and, you know, they they get a good job or they have a great boyfriend or girlfriend or their life seems to be good. Sometimes you wonder, well, why? Why, is, why does it seem like this person is getting rewarded? But I believe, for instance, using the mean person as an example, that person will just have a wretched life living in their own body. Because if, when you're a mean person, I don't think it's possible for you to be truly happy.
1: Oh, I agree with that.
2: And so the, his, his or her That's punishment...
1: why getting happier is one of the roots to being a better human being. That's why I consider it a moral obligation. Mm-hmm. We, we owe it to the world because we can't inflict our bad moods on people. But we also owe it to the world because happier people are better people. Right. Every happiness hour I open up, the happy make the world better, the unhappy make it worse. Yes. It's just a fact. I happiness just, is a moral issue.
2: You just have to look for that karma... In different ways, where sometimes you want it to be as overt as, you know, someone loses their job or you. their children will do to you. Yeah. But, but using the example of the the parents who won't let the kids see the grandparents, maybe it won't be as overt as their kids one day not speaking to them. But maybe the guilt that they will live, live with when they are older will be
1: I wonder, unbearable. I wonder. Uh, unfortunately... This is a very important statement, if I'm allowed to say that. It's not important because I'm saying it. It's important, and therefore I'm saying it. Big difference. The conscience is not that powerful. Because bad people sleep well.
2: I feel like it's a useless statement, but that is so difficult for me to understand.
1: Because your conscience is powerful. Yes. Because you're bothered, I'm bothered you, by a tiny thing. If you thing. hung up prematurely,
2: <laughs> I did hang up prematurely. We were on the phone last night, dear yeah. viewers, and we were saying goodbye, and I I hung up a few seconds too By the too way, early. I totally I identify
1: awful. with you, but
2: I didn't want you to think I was rushing. All like, oh, I'm okay. done with this guy. Uh, Adios. Uh,
1: it's not a worry. I got a I got a big kick out of that. That. It, it showed what you're like and how developed your conscience is. I do think of that all the time about what is the order of the hang-up.
2: I know. It's it's it, it, a little awkward
1: uh, well, in every Well, somebody has to hang up first. Right. You can't go one, two, three, I know. and then you both hang up. <gasps> but I, I wasn't even aware of it. But I, I'm just pointing it out. You have an extremely developed conscience so you can't imagine what having a conscience that is useless is like most people their conscience is useless i'm sorry and i'm not
2: saying that to be self-congratulatory and i'm not doing
1: it for to congratulate you i'm just making a comment it's so i just i just want people to understand when people say oh i don't need god i answer to my conscience i
2: know i I need a vomit bag
1: what are you what are you an idiot who? What bad person doesn't answer to his conscience?
2: By the way, this is a little bit off topic, but welcome to Dennis and Julie. We're always going off of exit ramps, and it's great. I want to talk on my show sometime soon about my religious journey, thanks to the Rational Bible, um, and why I think that people my age should take this seriously. And I, this... This thought just hit me like a lightning bolt, and I wanna sh- share it with you and get your reaction, that as much as people say nowadays that they're secular or atheist or don't believe in God, almost every single person, when they're in moments where they feel like they may die, or when they're in danger, you know, let's say you're uh, Well, let driving- say there
1: were no atheists in foxholes. Did yes. you ever hear that phrase?
2: No, I haven't.
1: That's the phrase.
2: That when you are in your most vulnerable, terrified moment, every single person starts praying. Even the avowed secular atheist will start praying. If that isn't proof that we all, to an extent, do believe in God and certainly need God, then I don't know what is. Well—
1: I actually have an ambivalent reaction to that, because I don't see God as a celestial butler.
2: I love it. I love that line. It's it's one of my favorites. Oh, really? I think about it all. I think about it honestly, like when I'm praying and I'm asking for things.
1: Right. Well, I I, I almost never ask for things. I I
2: say, I'm so sorry, God. I hope I'm not treating you as a celestial butler.
1: Well, that's beautiful. I say
2: that. Sorry. Go on.
1: uh, I've asked God twice for things.
2: Twice, yeah, in my life. Do you literally? Are you like saying I, it as a joke, or do you? No, literally no, I, mean I know. Two I, times, I no, and I know the wow. two times. Yes. Are you willing to share the two times?
1: Yeah, I guess so. So one is silly, and one is very serious. So I'll tell you as soon as you tell everybody about their okay. capital.
2: You're not the only one who's lost money this year. With the current economic volatility, we've all got to find a way to protect our finances in retirement. Did you know that you can add physical gold and silver into your IRA or 401k? You should consider adding Lear Capital to your retirement as we are all looking for stable investments. If you want to learn more, call Lear Capital today and ask about the Lear Advantage IRA. You can transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold, tax-free, and penalty-free account. And to sweeten the deal, Lear is offering free shipping on every purchase and up to $15,000 in bonus silver to every qualified client. Call for details at 1-800-260-5075. You can get a free precious metals investor guide and work with the top-rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near-perfect rating on Trustpilot. Lear Capital is the gold standard in precious metals investing and has over $3 billion in trusted transactions with over 650,000 happy customers in the 25 years they've been in business. So again, call 1-800-260-5075 to get your free kit. See how gold has performed during periods of inflation, government debt, interest rate hikes, economic crashes, and even wars, and you will see that gold has often been that financial bedrock asset in portfolios. And what I really love most about Lear Capital is that it is an American-owned company Proud to do business with those who share our conservative values. So write this number down and give them a call today. 1-800-260-5075. That's one 800 260 one 260 And if you don't want to call, you can go online to Lear Capital. That's spelled L-E-A-R, Lear All
1: right. So the first time, mm-hmm. I was about nine or even eight years old. And we went to synagogue every week, and the rabbi, in one of his sermons, said, if you ever really, really want something from God, say, Ana Hashem Hoshiana. And it's from the Psalms, so, oh God, uh, please, uh, please help me. All right, you know, I'm giving a, just a, A generic translation. So I thought, wow, that's cool. Shortly thereafter, my parents were out of the house, and I was probably throwing a ball, I don't know what, in the house. I broke their most expensive item in the house. Oh, no. A specially made big vase from Italy.
2: Oh, no, Dennis. Yes. I've been there. It's the worst feeling in the world.
1: I actually went, it's a two-story house, I went upstairs, hid in the bathroom, locked the door, and kept saying, Anna Hashem.
2: Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) Wait, how old were you again? About
1: eight years old. Oh. And my parents came home, and... They saw the broken vase and just asked how it happened.
2: Oh my gosh. Nothing happened. So I thought... There you go.
1: Whoa.
2: (laughs) I should do that again.
1: But I didn't do it again.
2: That's very interesting to me.
1: Very. Well, I... I'm... I'm... I don't know. I was going to use the word trapped, but I, I love it, so I can't say trapped, but I am trapped by reason. That's why... My Bible thing is called the Rational Bible. That's why it's meant so much to you, because I only use reason. Fast forward about 50 years, more than 50 years from the age of eight. And I, on, on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, there are only two times a year, generally speaking, where a Jew bows down all the way to the ground.
2: Yes, when I went to you, so you the services, saw service. I saw that. Yes,
1: and I make a big deal. I say, I know you've never done this because these are not Orthodox Jews generally, and I'm, I make the case on how powerful that is to do. And it's very powerful to me to bow down to God that deeply twice a year. Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. The high holy days of the Jewish calendar. So... I, there was a, a personal family issue and I just said, God, I I really don't know what else to do, so I need your help. And by golly, like with the vase, it he completely, it, it, well, I don't know if it helped. I can't say God did it. Hmm. I can't say God did it with the vase. Right. I'm only telling you the two times in my life I asked God for something, the something materialized. I don't know if God did it. And I and how could I know? You know, he didn't tell me. But I, I just for the record, I don't like asking God for things. I I am infinitely more interested in what God wants from me than what I want that than what I want from God.
2: So if you don't mind me asking, when you pray what are you saying? Are you asking so okay? For- you're a-
1: you're asking the bad guy because I, I don't get into prayer much, and and Jewish prayer is very different from Christian prayer because it's it's all set out. I mean, there there are set prayers in, in Christianity, of course, but uh, m- certainly among Protestants, there's a lot of prayer that's just spontaneous. And by the way, I find it very moving. I, I I'm, I'm with I'm with Christians a great deal, as you know and i actually have been asked often to to lead a prayer b- before a meal for example and i love doing it uh, for christians or with christians jewish prayer is all set down it's all it's all already in the prayer book and it's all in the plural
2: god can i just tell you my quick reaction that seems so much easier sometimes i i feel racked with guilt because when i do spontaneous prayer i don't think i'm saying the right thing or I'm not being grateful enough or I, I feel like I'm doing it wrong so it must be so nice to just have it
1: I'm there sure for, I, you. Look, for most uh, religious Jews it is uh my vehicle to God is studying Torah that's why I'm writing my Torah commentary I am much more interested in what God has to say to me than what I have to say to God that's one of my ways of putting it I'm idiosyncratic in that way. But most religious Jews, not all, but most religious Jews are perfectly comfortable with the prayer book and its prayers. Mm-hmm. And they're very beautiful, by the way. They truly are beautiful. But as I tell people, Macbeth is a great play, but if I read it every day, I don't know how how long it would take for me to get a little bored with right. it. So and anyway... Uh, so I, I don't tend to ask God for much. Also I have this feeling this 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 is I'm really opening up here. But this is this is what's in me. Vast numbers of people, at least as worthy as I, of having their prayers answered, prayed and didn't have their prayers answered. I mean, I think immediately, just as in a Jewish context, the six million Jews, mm-hmm. most of them prayed, and got gassed, and worse, tortured, watched their children suffer, their parents suffer. So I, I, I just, I'm not into petitionary prayer much, mm. and and it, 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 I don't advocate it to others. I'm just saying that you asked me, so I'm, I'm you know. And I think, you know, why should he answer me and not not Joe Blow over there? You know. So anyway, it's it's not my it's it's not my vehicle to God. I want to uh, move topics to something else in in light of the holiday season. It's it's lighter we've really hit some heavy duty stuff here so i did uh, on my radio show I, my annual there is nothing wrong if you have christmas to have santa claus in your christmas
2: the fact that you even have to do an hour oh, on that oh bless you i mean really? isn't it amazing I, I don't i don't understand that at all have you always had to do an hour in yes. your 40 years yes. that's fascinating
1: yes yes hmm. it's not new Where people would say, oh, you can't lie to your children. and It's such an overstatement of what you're doing with your kid. If you take them to Disneyland, you say, well, that character's not real. That character's not real. If the tooth fairy leaves them a dollar for their tooth, oh, there's really no tooth fairy. We're not going to leave you any money for your tooth. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I made up a phrase today, spontaneously you'll love, about the people. I've had calls like this. I'm sorry, Dennis. I don't agree with you, which I love that people feel free to tell, say they don't agree with me, and so they would say something like, "Oh well, I grew up. Uh, my parents told me there was a Santa Claus. Then I got older. I realized there's no Santa Claus, and I figured, oh, if there's no Santa Claus, Claus there's also no God." What? I, I know. I know. Okay, please. So, uh, so <laughs> sorry.
2: I feel like that. Was... You know, it,
1: it, it was sort of traumatic when I realized my my parents had lied to me all these years. So I coined the phrase today: PTSD, post-traumatic Santa, Santa disorder. disorder. Oh my god!
2: <laughs> if that person says that their tr- biggest trauma in life is finding out that Santa, well, is the they real- wouldn't
1: claim it's their biggest. But right, if, if but they would even use the term, yes, exactly.
2: So I. I think I've mentioned it before on this program, I'm sure I have, but uh, this summer I read Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton, and in one of the chapters of the book, by the way, I, I know I publicize my email address at the end of every show, but I want to publicize it right now specifically for the the G.K. Chesterton fans because I want you all to email me at julie at julie com so I can talk to people about Orthodoxy because you haven't read Orthodoxy. Anyway, In there's one chapter that's called The Ethics of Elfland, and Chesterton talks about how important fairy tales are for people to have a sense of awe and imagination about the world. And that made me think about when I was little, I mean, the most extraordinary feeling I've ever had in my life to this day was growing up and thinking about Santa Claus. I mean, the thrill on christmas morning of of thinking that santa came down your chimney and ate cookies and gave gave you these presents i mean it's just it fills you with a sense of joyfulness that is just indescribable and i feel so grateful that i had that as a kid and i've been i've been reflecting on why it is so important and i think it's because believing in santa claus or believing in the easter bunny or the tooth fairy it teaches you at a young age how to have hope and optimism about things. And that's those are difficult emotions to teach someone that young. You can teach a five-year-old how to have manners. You can teach a five-year-old how to read. There, there are certain things that you can teach. But it's it's a lot harder to go, hey, have hope, have optimism. And that's why the role of a Santa Claus, I think, is so important because it's a way for you to learn those deep emotions without having them shoved down your throat my pillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever and just in time for christmas for a limited time get the giza dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98 a set of pillowcases for only $9.98 and rejuvenate your bed with a my pillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99 they also have blankets in a variety of sizes colors and styles they even have blankets for your pets Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more. All with the biggest discounts of the year happening now. They are also extending their money back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code HARTMAN or call 1-800-566-6745 and you'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed Sheets for as low as twenty nine ninety eight. and get all your shopping done now while quantities last.
1: I, look, I didn't have it because I was at a Jewish home, so I didn't. I, I, but I loved it. I, I thought it was great that so you, there was a but Santa. But you did
2: believe that there was a Santa. No,
1: no. Uh, but, but
2: did you believe in the Tooth Fairy?
1: I don't. I don't think my parents did the Tooth Fairy thing.
2: So did you have any?
1: Um, look.
2: Did you have any fun? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, did you no, have no, no, any of a, these characters who you believe? Well,
1: in? you're. you're I have a very idiosyncratic upbringing because my my parents didn't read fairy tales to me. I'll answer you about me in a moment, but I just want to tell you, you gave me another answer for these people. So I should ask them, do you read any fairy tales to your kid? Most parents do. So let's say Pinocchio. Do you tell your kid immediately? You know, there really was no Pinocchio. (laughs) <laughs> aren't you fool why aren't you lying to them re- reading to them about a character who never existed?
2: So why do you think there's a double standard?
1: double standard me- Oh oh why is there? because it it's it, it contacts religion and people are super sensitive. But I just want to say so when you ask me did I have any of these figures in my life, it's an interesting question. And the closest that I think of would be unknown to to you or to any non-Jew listening. Not even all Jews know know this. But a traditional Passover seder, you fill a big cup in the middle of the table mm-hmm. with wine. It's called Kos Eliyahu, the the cup of Elijah. And in Jewish tradition, Elijah will announce the coming of the Messiah. He, the prophet Elijah, will come back and announce the coming of the Messiah. So you traditionally, you you hope to see Elijah who will bring the the good news, the term very familiar to Christians, uh, of the the coming of the Messiah. So we would open the door after the meal, the big meal, we would open the door for Elijah, who was all of my life invisible, clearly. (laughs) And my parents would then say, hey, look, some of the wine was drunk. Like the light went down a little bit. Were they lying to me? Isn't that an absurdity? Wasn't it like a joyful part of the Seder? Uh, what, what, is, what, is, what do you lose having Santa? I, I don't understand what you the don't. downside is.
2: And also, I mean, there is there is no time where santa has been more important than now especially because kids in schools they're being taught these very negative corrosive things about it's a very climate good point. change and ra- you know everything is so negative and right. you, you i mean e- even even at a different point right. in our history Santa is always necessary he's holly now. jolly
1: yes we need a holly jolly yes, guy to visit
2: that's that's that is important because there are so few characters nowadays and this is what i love about you You've really done this for me. You're you're always so happy and optimistic, and that is a very powerful thing because there are a few people in my life who who are as consistently happy and optimistic. It it makes a really big impression on people. It elevates them, and to have Santa, who is always that, that can be a necessary example of optimism that, for yeah, people boy, who do it. He's more
1: necessary than ever. He is. I mean the whole thing. Have a holly jolly Christmas. The whole the whole ethos Happy. of the time, and I and I love it. So here's an interesting uh, question. I want to know you were not raised religious. No. Your parents came from Catholic backgrounds. Correct? My mom
2: did. My dad came from a Lutheran background. Okay.
1: All right. Wow, that's a funny combination. Yeah. Luther <laughs> didn't like the Catholic Church, but okay. Uh, so did you have a Christmas tree?
2: Yes. Oh, yes.
1: Did you have gifts that you opened in the morning?
2: Yes, that stopped when I was eight or nine when both of my sisters moved away. But for, for the first few years of my life, yes, we did.
1: Did you like it?
2: I loved it. I told you it was the most. Did
1: you wake up early to, to open them up?
2: I wouldn't sleep the whole night. I would run to the front of the house and look out the window and see if the sleigh landed on my roof. And my mom, my mom is the best, she, she would buy these cookies. And she would nibble at them and like eat half of them.
1: As if Santa was as if there, San- and then she'd spill no a little he's milk. fat.
2: <laughs> I know.
1: A cookie in every hole.
2: And she would write a note with her left hand, saying, "Hi, Julie. It's Santa. Uh, I Why? So likes- that it
1: wasn't clear. The writing I think just wasn't to make clear. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh it yes. wasn't her, or it wasn't her writing?
2: To make it clear, it wasn't her oh, writing because I, I knew oh, her handwriting.
1: That, I, I couldn't write a damn she- thing with my left hand. She That's just, hilarious.
2: She did everything to make it special. My dad too. They would leave a Santa hat, like on in the you know. Did you hallway. ever go to church on Christmas? Sometimes, yes, but we we kind of stopped doing
1: that. In retrospect, do you wish you had a more religious home?
2: No. Because I'm so happy. I think I said this last time. I'm so happy that I found it on my own, and I found your work first. I wouldn't go back and change the way that I was raised. I think it worked out the way it was supposed to for me. Now, will I raise my kids religiously? Yes.
1: But you're not sure which religion yet.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure.
1: Right. Which is fine. Uh, you know.
2: My kid will be an ethical monotheist, I'll tell you that. I do At know, the very least. I
1: do know that. And please say Kids.
2: <laughs> yes, I should say, kids. I want. I, I can imagine it's this lonely being a service to
1: humanity for you. Yes. Well, if you speak to only children, they don't speak of great loneliness. It, I, it, it, I
2: sort of feel like an only child because both of my sisters moved away when I
1: was so young. Well, what is your what is the age difference with your next sister? Eight years. Right. So minus six. Mm. I understand that. Yeah. By the time I was in high school, I was the only kid.
2: You know, I got to tell you, and I know we probably have to end soon, but on this subject that we've, we we have brought up earlier of, of children not speaking to their parents, I have really worried about when I have kids, because I know I'm going to give my best effort to raise them well, but it really is sometimes a roll of the dice. Oh,
1: having I could children have a, is a crapshoot.
2: I could have... I hope I have kids who honor and appreciate me but
1: right before maybe not. our broadcast I, I, went, I left the room for a few minutes you were right yes so in the hallway one of the wonderful people who work at this station uh, one of the heads of sales you know said hey Dennis happy Hanukkah and I wish them a Merry Christmas and, you know they're wonderful just good people and he said I read your column about Parents whose kids won't let them meet their grandkids because of their politics. Mm-hmm. I have one of my kids is like that. Mm. Yeah, and and it was it reinforced in me. Too, thank God, he has three kids. Two of the kids are decent, and people say to me well, often. When they, after, after they meet, you've met my, you've met both of my boys? Or, uh, yes, only, I have. Yeah, you have. I have. They're good boys. They are. And so they will say, oh, you know, you you, you must have done a good job. And I, I say with all honesty, I hope I did a good job, but it's still a crapshoot.
2: Well, as you say in the Torah commentary, which I bring up so often because I adore it even the most righteous man in the world noah had a bad son yes that is such an important story
1: that's right well and and the the patriarchs you know it says jacob who was the one who was renamed israel he he was a crappy father he fa- he favored uh joseph and then favored benjamin and it says so in the, in the text if, you, if, it's a, if it's obvious you favor a child, that is a terrible thing for the other children. Terrible mm-hmm. thing. It's part, it's part of the reason Joseph's brothers hated Joseph, because mm-hmm. cause, cause Israel or Jacob favored him. But it, it's just, people just need to understand. It's a crapshoot what parents you get. It's a crapshoot what children you get. And, and you... I'll never forget, to my father's great credit, this really made an impact on me. My father was at one of my speeches. And I I always introduced my parents if they were in the audience. Mm -hmm. So people were milling around my parents. And my father did not see me, but I overheard the following. Oh, Mr. Prager, your son is really remarkable you must have done some job as a parent. And my father looked at the guy in dead seriousness and said, sir, I'm lucky. And I was very touched because my father was not known for his modesty. But I feel that about my sons. I hope I did a good job as a parent, but I'm damn lucky. And by the way, that's why... This is a good thing to leave on because it's, um, it's so helpful to parents. If your kids are great, don't take all the credit. And if your kids are not great, don't take all the blame.
2: I'll remember that when I'm a parent.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope to hug your kids.
2: You will. I've mm. got to gotta have them soon, though.
1: That's Beautiful. Well, you're expecting me to die no. that quickly?
2: No, <laughs> I just you no, know. No, no, no. I I'm think just... when anyone is over the age of sixty, like you have to be aware that things could change. Oh
1: no, of course. I, it's exactly right, and I'm lucky in that way too. And
2: I think of my parents too, not just you. You know, I think I gotta, gotta
1: well, make yeah. Sure well, I... <laughs> that's true. Well, there are a whole host of reasons you should have kids sooner than later. But uh, anyway, th- this was uh, this was valuable. I. I I think your case for Santa. I wish I had you on the show then on what role he played. I'm still
2: astounded that you even had to do oh, that. Oh, you have
1: no idea how many call up. Uh, yeah. Well, be that as it may.
2: Email me at julie at julie hartman.com if you want to talk about Santa or GK Chesterton, especially GK Chesterton, <laughs> or anything you want. I love hearing from our listeners. They're just the best. Knowing you
1: share a lot of them with me, I love them. Yes, even when
2: they call my show Priceless. It is Priceless. Correct. As is this. See you next time, everyone.